Hello and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Curlin. Today we are connecting with the Victim Services Center of Montgomery County. And with us from the center is Lynn Williams. She is the Assistant Executive, as well as Mary Anama, who is the Executive Director. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you. you. So Mary, I know you've been here a few times before. Uh, let people know at home exactly what Victim Service is about and how you got involved with the program. Well, thank you for inviting me again. I love being here, and I think that this is a great opportunity for us to talk about a very, very important agency to this county. Victim Services Center of Montgomery County is a comprehensive crime victim agency that provides services to anyone who is a victim of a crime. The person who is the victim, as well as anyone who is related to that person or affected by that person's victimization. I got involved with Victim Services Center in 1998, and I have been the executive director since that time. And it has been a very inspiring opportunity, and it's really very important work, I believe, and uh, it's, uh, it's been good. And this time around, you brought a friend along with you. This is Lynn Williams. Lynn, welcome yeah. to the program. Thank you. Thank and you. so you're the assistant. Yes. Is your responsibility similar to Mary's, or are you doing a lot more of the legwork? I do a lot of the legwork at Victim Services Center, and I love to tell people I feel like I'm just living my life on purpose. This is the most rewarding job I have ever had. I am the very first piece of person that you meet when you come into the center. I am the receptionist as well, the executive assistant, and I'm there when the clients first come in. I'm there when they can't look up. I'm there when the tears are rolling down their face. I'm there when their hands are shaking and they're trying to sign their names to sign in. And then what makes it so rewarding is after they've gone through and met with our counselors and have taken sessions, three, four, five, six weeks later, they come up the stairs and like, hey, Lynn, how are you doing? And it's so just rewarding just to see the healing process and just to know that I had a little part to do because sometimes they come back and they be like, you know, that word of encouragement, thank you so much. So yes, I love what we do here and it's such an important resource in the county. And thank you so much for having us on just so we can get the word out to let people know we're here. Call us, please come see us. Now, I'm curious, how did you get involved with victim services? What drew you there? That's a funny story. So I met Mary at an event called Zupalooza with my children because I'm friends with my actual, my other boss, Liz House. And I went to Zupalooza and the original administrative assistant ended up being injured. And Mary's like, call your friend, see if she wants to come and work. <laughs> and I said, Okay, so I came in, I did some temp work temporarily for them, and then I moved, and then Mary said, well, when she gets settled, have her come back. And then they called me, and they said, she called me and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm laying on bed watching TV. And she's like, well, can you come in and work? And I said, I only have three hours to give. And just as I was writing a thank you note, just to say thank you so much, please thank Mary for remembering me, she calls back, we'll take the three hours. <laughs> and then the three hours turned into six. Right. And then finally, at one point, when the other administrative person left, because we were sharing the desk, Mary's like, so, you're going to start full-time in September? I was like, yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> so yes, that's how I came about. And I, I haven't looked back, and it's been since 2013. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Well, you, you, you're talking about the years. Mary, um, how did this victim service get started and where did it all come from? Well, Victim Services Center started in 1974 when the uh, whole women's movement became very, very um, intensified throughout the United States. And Pennsylvania actually is one of the leading states that really created rape crisis centers. So 
Victim Services Center started as a rape crisis center in Montgomery County to serve women who were victims of sexual violence. And then over the years, it evolved to be uh, an agency that serves people who are victims of all other crimes. It was literally started by five women in their kitchen as a result of attending a course at, I think, Montgomery Community College wow. on sexuality. And then people were making very insensitive statements and comments. And these women said, well, if this is what they're doing now in a controlled environment, mm -hmm. can you imagine how victims feel when they are uh, victimized and they go to the police department? Right. So we must do something. So they created a hotline. And actually one of the founders, whose name is Maddie Muir, just passed away last year. And she had been involved with the agency uh, since that time. Wow. Yeah. And and it's and you feel like you feel that same passion, I guess, from absolutely. what's com coming along. Absolutely, absolutely. And I always say to people, we are the best in the business. And one of the things that makes us so special is that our staff is so incredibly passionate and they will be in the trenches with the clients. They go above and beyond working with our clients. And that's what makes, and I think that's what helps our clients to realize we're there for them is the passion because we have a questionnaire form that they fill out every six weeks to three months. And some of the comments that they leave behind are things like, one client said, you helped me to realize that I wasn't broken. Mm -hmm. Another client left uh, wrote a quote saying, you were my light in the darkness. So we know that they also are appreciating the passion that we're showing them and the care that we're giving them. Right. And I think what's also important is over the years, it, Victim Services Center moved from being a volunteer-based organization to uh, organization that is run by professionals, people who are trained. We still do rely heavily on volunteers to manage yes. mm -hmm. our crisis hotline because we have a 24-hour crisis hotline that uh, anyone can call if they're a victim of a crime or they know somebody who's a victim. And the volunteers answer those calls in the evening from mm -hmm. you know, 5 to 9 a.m. and on weekends and on holidays. Mm -hmm. And staff manage it during the day. So it's a mix of volunteer support in critical situations, especially the hotline, but staff who are trained to provide uh, counseling and advocacy. Are, are, are there goals set for an organization like this? Like, I know you meet probably periodically. Do you set goals saying, hey, this is what we want to see over the next few months? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Victim Services Center has a strategic plan. <clears throat> our, our strategic plans run in a three-year timeframes. And the strategic plan really helps us to make sure that we are focused in uh, achieving goals that's, that are guided by our mission statement, which is to provide advocacy and counseling to all who have been affected by sexual violence and other crimes, and to increase awareness in the community through education. Our main uh, goal right now is to increase awareness and let people know that Victim Services Center is a resource, no different than your fire department, your hospitals, your urgent care, because people do experience victimization. And it doesn't have to happen today. It can be something that happened to you many years ago because it affects you. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't realize how victimization affects mm -hmm. them emotionally, physically, psychologically, and spiritually, and sometimes even medically, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we ask people to make sure that you seek help because it will make a difference in the way you function. 
Yeah, I, I'm curious. Like uh, you mentioned, like there's there's mental abuse. Uh, a lot of people just think of the physical abuse, but the mental right. abuse is a big thing as well. Right. Is um, is there some type of training that goes along with this as well? Yes. Uh, before anyone can work with a client at Victim Services, they have to have a basic training, which is about 65 hours of sexual assault counselor training. The training really teaches people about some of the underpinnings of violence, the impact of violence, the trauma it causes, the way it shows itself in a person's life and different things it does to you in terms of affecting your ability to even maintain a job or mm -hmm. to have physical, medical issues, emotional issues, depression. You can be somebody who might begin to feel like you want to commit suicide because you feel so hopeless and helpless mm -hmm. and things like that. So they train staff to understand the impact of trauma and how to help a person cope, build coping skills, and just learn how to use the resources to, to help them improve their functioning. We talked a little bit about the education and the process of what it's like to be involved with victim services, some of the people that are working there. Mm -hmm. Can you expand a little bit on that, Mary? I'll go to you first. Right. Well, um, everyone who works at Victim Services Center is, uh, has to have training on sexual assault counselor training. And this training gives all of the professionals there, the confidentiality protection. In the state of Pennsylvania, if you are a rape crisis center and you're a rape crisis counselor, anything you talk about with the victim is confidential. And that protection is very critical. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to yes. know. Yeah. And Lynn, you being uh, at, at the front gate is a yes. good way of putting it. Yes. You see a lot of the employees coming and going, can you give us an idea of like what their background is and Okay, how, they, yes. how much time they've spent in the organization? Yes, so um, right now we are fully staffed. All of our employees are college graduates. Our counselors are required to have master's degrees in order for them to be count in order for them to be counselors. And some of our counselors are in the process of getting their license. I think we have one who has license and we have another one who's going for their testing with their license. So by them having their master's degrees, it allows them to do the 20 up to 20 sessions of counseling. And they also run the support groups. We have groups and then we have our advocates and our advocates all have bachelor's degrees as well as our education department. You mentioned the 20 counseling. Is, what actually is that? So everything, the way the process starts, if you were to come to Victim Services Center, it starts with a phone call, either a walk-in, you're on the hotline, you'll speak with the volunteer or you'll speak with one of our staff members. At the end of that call, we will ask you, would you like to come in for more services? That means, would you like to come in for an intake? If the person says yes, mm -hmm. you then now take your information and we stress to them, it is all confidential. It is given to the intake counselor who will then call you in for a 90 minute intake. During that intake process, she will get more information from you about the situation that has happened to you. And once that is done, you would be assigned a counselor based on the needs of your case. And if you have some type of case that needs to go before the court, then you would be signed an advocate. Or if you're looking for compensation 
for if you let's say that the crime has cost you loss of income or if you were people don't think of things like this but if someone was murdered and you need the murder scene cleaned up there is a program called victims compensation and our advocates will help you attain the money from victims compensation it is not instantaneous because it is within the system and it does take some time but they will help them do that so the counseling sessions you may receive up to 20 counseling sessions in a year and if you have to go to court to speak against your perpetrator our advocates are right there sitting with our clients in court they're there when they talk with the lawyers they're there when they go to do the police interviews so we are there with you literally from start to finish and there are times where your case may lapse and be continued and you'll call us up and say hey I got a notice and we're like, we got the notice too. We're going to be right there. And sometimes that's not all within the same year. We have clients that expand over a period of time, but mm -hmm. we're still right there with them. Right. Wow. So, uh -huh. so they're actually working hand in hand with attorneys and everything. So they're, they're heavily involved. It's not yes. like they're passing it off. They are there right. from start yeah. to finish. The, yeah. Yes. And we're strictly there. I just want to strongly emphasize we are strictly there for the clients. We're not giving any type of legal advice or anything like that. We are strictly there to be that support system. Just imagine if you're going into courtroom to face the person who is your perpetrator, it's always nice just to have an extra support system person there just to hold your hand and explain to you how the legal system is working along with your attorney. Sometimes family members show up, sometimes they don't because sometimes they may not believe what is going on and they can't handle it. So we're right there. Right. And I think it's also important for us to add that the agency has expanded its, uh, you know, um, array of services to include legal uh, oh. services as well. We have a program called the Crime Victims Law Project that will provide legal services to victims of crime who need custody situations, simple divorces, mm -hmm. um, housing matters, landlord tenant, if somebody gets raped in a housing complex and they need to terminate their lease or to move and the landlord is resisting it, the lawyer can get involved in negotiating that or order of protection or even immigration matters for people who need the U visas, visas that are connected to a person's victimization and within the immigration law. Well, you're mentioning a, a number of different services. Are there any type of activities that you're going through now to get the word out to make people aware? Mm -hmm. um, are there annual events, I guess is a good way of putting it. Uh, Lynn, would you be involved yeah. in that? Yes. <laughs> Lynn would be very involved yes, because I she coordinates a lot of involved the events. Yes. Yeah, so coming up in the spring, this is our very busy time of the year. Mm -hmm. So the first event that we will have coming up will be our homicide vigil, which we do this. It's every year. We're in our 29th year with this one. We hold it in various parts of the county. We've held it here in Upper Marion. We've held it in Montgomeryville as well as Abington. And what this event is, is where we recognize those who are victims of homicide and we honor them as well as police officers. And this is a time for their families to come together and just to remember their loved ones and just to pay homage to them at this event. And we usually have a speaker. Mm -hmm who comes and shares their personal story. And it's very important that this happens because it tells the people who are there 
you're not alone because when trauma happens and crime happens, people feel so isolated. And it's nice to be able to be in a group where you know you're not alone and you feel a little bit of empowerment from it. So that is our, one of our very first events coming up in this spring. I also want to add that it also is to remember, remember. police officers who have uh, yes. died in the line of duty. I forgot that. Thank mm -hmm. you. Very nice. And then we have the next event, which is something we're doing new this year. Yes. is our virtual walk. And I'm not very computer savvy, so I thought we were going to have little heads bobbing on the computer <laughs> screen. And they were like, no, Lynn. So what the virtual walk is, and Mary has amped it up to become global, right. oh, wow. is anyone can go to our website and you will register. You pay $10 and you can walk anywhere. You can walk in the mall. You can walk in your house. You can walk in the park. You can walk anywhere. You, Mary has relatives overseas who are going to be walking in London for us. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you can walk. And all we ask you do is just take a photo and send it back and we'll post it on our social media. Right. So that is our uh, one of our events. And then our big event that we have coming up is our Maddie Mir event that is named after one of our founding mothers. We've been doing this event for a number of years. And at this event, this year, we're doing a teal party. Teal is the color of sexual oh. awareness. Okay. Right. And so this event this year, we're going to have line dancing. And yes. it's going to be how I can say at the William Penn Inn. It'll be in the spring. Mm -hmm. And um, we are having, we give out awards. So we give out a leadership award and we give out the Maddie Muir Awards to an educator, a volunteer, and a person in law enforcement. And what those awards actually represent are people in the community who have brought the message of the agency to the community, who have mm -hmm. brought awareness mm -hmm. about victim services to the community, as well as being an advocate for sexual violence in the community. So we're very, very excited. I'm very excited about our Maddie Muir because we have a silent auction, which I am um, running and I'm very excited about the line dancing this year. <laughs> the line dancing. Well, yes, because we have dancing sometimes, right. but the fact that one of our board members said, let's do line dancing and get yeah. everyone involved. We're like, okay. So we're very excited about this. So yes. It's going to be good. That it'll, is, be, it'll be some great events. So hopefully maybe you will all come check our website. As we were going to break, I know Lynn, you were talking a little bit about some of the activities yes. that take place in I know there's probably a few more that you'd like to touch on. I know there's um, a big endowment. Yes, just briefly, I will talk about the endowment. Victim Services Center was chosen out of 14. It got from 14 to two by the Phoenixville Health Foundation for the endowment. And the endowment is a campaign that is going to help us sustain our agency into the future. And the reason why it came about was a couple of years ago when there was a government shutdown, Victim Services Center was having issues just in terms of finding money because we didn't quite have any assets to lawyer up for credit. And so we were lucky to get chosen for the endowment campaign. And so as of to date right now, we have raised over $116,000 for our endowment campaign. And we are trying to finish that off by raising $300,000 by the year 2020. So some of the things that we've done for that is that we have sent out flyers. We have had board members talk to people, have gone out and done campaigning for that. We have a board member who has graciously opened up her home to her family and friends to just bring awareness about our agency and start a conversation. And hopefully in the end, people will say, you know what, I would love to support you. Mm -hmm. So yes, our endowment information can be found on our website. 
And sometimes people will make a donation and they don't know where to put the money. And we always say to our endowment. There you go. And so you can find that right on our website. So thank and you for allowing me to say that because that is a big one for us. Right. And all the donations are tax deductible. Yes. Oh, that's very nice. Yes, mm -hmm. that's a big plus. Right. And, you know, we talk about victim services. Um, I guess, Mary, I'd like to direct this towards you. Mm -hmm. But there are other things that victim services get involved with because you're always just looking at like, all right, there's a, like rape prevention and there's the hotline. Can you share right. a little bit about some of the other services? Yeah, um, we do provide a lot of other services. Uh, we have a crisis response team that serves the community when the community is experiencing crisis, whether that's a business that, that has had a, a bank robbery or a business where there's been violence in the you know workplace violence. Mm -hmm. We have a team that will go and work with the company to help the individuals, the employees cope with the impact of that violence. It's very critical because that affects companies' capacity to deliver their services or to work. And it's part of our, our effort to make sure that the community knows that there is more than just direct services to individuals who are victimized, but even um, businesses that have experienced violence. Like some major catastrophes as well. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, I believe that, that your department was sent to New York for the 9-11. Yeah, we had a couple of people who did go to 9-11 just to assist and to support, which was very, very important. And it was a very devastating experience for all of us. Right. So we were very uh, glad that we had people who could go there. And we know like in Pennsylvania, you know, there were a lot of people from uh, Bucks County that were affected. Mm -hmm. So we 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 were very um, happy to be able to contribute to the support. So yeah. like if something happened, like say like in, in a local store and someone was victimized there, you mm -hmm. your, your your department would take care of that. Right. Well, if if it's an individual, then they come to us. But if there was a bank robbery. Right. And um, let's say ABC Bank got robbed mm -hmm. and the tellers are traumatized. That company can call us and say, listen, we would like your crisis response team to come and, and provide some supportive um, you know, sessions to our employees to help them to cope with what just happened. And we've done that before. Yeah. Now, are a lot of these crisis, uh, are they employed or are they volunteers? They They're part of the staff. 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 Yeah, okay. part of the staff with special extra training because you have to, and the training is done by a national organization. It's the National NOVA training, which is a training that helps to prepare us on how do you deal with crisis in a community setting, in a business setting. And Pennsylvania has what is called a Keystone uh, Crisis response team. Mm -hmm. So we are our own uh, crisis response team in Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we work with other teams. We will work with the fire department, with the law enforcement, with um, the health department. So when when we're part of a first responder team, so, mm -hmm. so to speak, okay. we're the victim services aspect of it. Yeah, which a lot of people are unaware of. Right. That's yes. the key. Right. They right. don't even know it exists at times. Exactly. So hopefully this forum brings it out to the forefront. Right, so. right. The other thing I think I want to just add is that we do provide training. We provide training to professionals on child abuse prevention and reporting of child abuse. You know, after the Jerry Sandusky case, the laws in Pennsylvania were changed and enhanced to create more responsibility on community members to report suspected child abuse. So Victim Services Center's education department does do training for professionals on 
identifying child abuse and reporting suspected child abuse. Uh, there are many professionals who are required under the licensing board of their own credentialing mm -hmm. to have this training every year. Otherwise, you cannot renew your license. Oh, wow. So it's now become that strict, yes. Yeah. I, I, does your department go after certain, um, do they recruit certain type of psychology majors or psychiatrists or? Well, uh, in terms of employment, we really target all of our local universities oh, nice. to inform them about job opportunities mm -hmm. and uh, career path. Uh, we would go to, uh, and you know, we go to Temple or to Chestnut Hill, Villanova. Mm -hmm. We are very fortunate in Montgomery County to yes. have so many colleges and we do programs in yes. colleges too. So that provides us an opportunity. And many of the staff that we have are majors in social work, psychology and counseling, um, criminal justice, oh, yes. education. Mm -hmm. So many different professions, but are all geared to helping, okay. which is very important. Uh, what's, what I'm interested in is um, you have a crisis, 24-hour crisis hotline. Mm -hmm. Do you seem to get more uh, information if you call or if you go to to your website? Well, I think it's two different things. You know, the people are so different in terms of what helps them to get access. The younger population prefer website and online contact. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the older population like rely on the hotline. And uh, just to follow up on yeah. what Mary's saying, yeah. in terms of that, if you a lot of times what will happen is people will start on our website and then they will call the hotline because they like to speak to that live person. Mm -hmm. And when you're speaking to us, you can have your questions answered answered instantaneously. Mm -hmm. You ask the question, we, we're right there to answer it. So I think we have people who do start on our website, but then they end up calling us on the hotline. They want to talk to a live right. voice. They want to talk to a live voice. And we applaud mm -hmm. them and we thank them because it takes so much courage for them to pick up that phone and hear someone say, yes, I believe you. And there's more confidentiality on a phone call okay. than on, uh, on online. Yes. So people have to understand that too. So mm -hmm. now uh, here's the big question. If someone wants your services, how do they go about doing so? They can call our hotline and I'm going to just read the number. And I want to state before I read this number, the hotline is 24 hours, seven days a week. So that basically means you may call us at 2 a.m. in the morning and we will answer or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And the number for our crisis hotline is 1-888-521-0983. Now, if you're not in crises and you're just calling, sometimes you have people call for referrals. That would be our business line. And that number is 610-277-0932. We also have a website. If you would like to look up our website where you can have found out information about our counseling and all of our services, that is www.victimservicescenter.org. Perfect. And if you go to either one, you may leave a message mm -hmm. and someone will definitely return your phone call. That is excellent. So Mary and Lynn, I would like to thank you both for being our guest here today on Community Connections. Well, thank, thank, thank you for you. all the information. Thank you for having us on. Thank nope. you so much. Mary Onama, Lynn Williams, both a part of Victim Services Center of Montgomery County right here on Community Connections. We hope you're connected right here on UMGA Television. For all of us here at UMGA TV, I'm Chuck Curlin. Thank you for watching.